eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. And it is the penultimate review show of the season. We are... Week 15 is done. It is Fantasy Championship Week. And yeah, this is uh, our third to last podcast of the season. We are, we've got a bonus for you. We are actually recording again tomorrow to do our preview show because uh, some inconsiderate person put uh, Christmas Day on a Friday this year. I mean, that's the terrible, terrible planning. But uh, unfortunately, we won't be recording on Friday, so we're recording tomorrow instead. And then, of course, we will have the Week 16 review show for you next Monday. So I welcome into the show Rob and Adil. Rob, how are you doing? Yeah, really good. Thanks, David. Yeah, it's been um, a fantastic week. Uh, again, uh, I text Dilly at about, what, 10.30 on Sunday night saying, I think I'm out of all of my playoffs because I had a miserable first slate. Uh, and somehow, miraculously, I don't know how I've managed to do it. Uh, I'm in five out of six of playoff finals. Um, so, yeah, weird weekend for me, but everything went my way. And we'll discuss it throughout the period of this podcast. Um, but yeah, good. Feeling good at the moment. Good stuff. And how about yourself, Adil? I'm doing all right. And um, I managed to get to the final of two or three of my playoff matchups. Unfortunately, the one league that I think me and Rob both got knocked out of. We did, yeah. Um, was We were both on other sides of the semi-final bracket. So we're both uh, going to see each other in the Constellation and in one final as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So uh, yeah, keep the keep the uh, pl- uh, championship week tensions uh, down. I'll be here to uh, to referee if things get a little bit tasty <laughs> during this one. But of course, as we've already mentioned, semi final week is done, and it culminated in the Steelers and the Bengals last night. So obviously, the Steelers went eleven and zero. They uh, for the first time in the, the Steelers' history but are now got a big fat L3 next to them. And the most surprising loss certainly of them was Monday Night Football against the, well, previously 2-10 and 10 Cincinnati Bengals, who are now 3-10. and 10. And I mean, Joe Burrow, as soon as he went down, I, I, I just was convinced that the Bengals wouldn't win another game this season. And last night they trotted out Ryan Finley, who only had to throw the ball 13 times for this victory. <laughs> Gio Bernard, where, where's he come from? Like, I'd, I'd written him off. I, I didn't think he was going to do anything. And this one, obviously, against the, the tough Steelers' run defence. But uh, he ended up with a rushing and a receiving touchdown and uh, a, de- a decent fantasy performance there. So did either of you start Gio Bernard in any of your fantasy semifinals? I dropped him this week. And understandably so. I, I don't think I'd have considered a start. I... I started him in one dynasty league. However, in that dynasty league, where am I, Dilly? I've got the uh, 101 pick, the 103 pick, the 104 pick, the 105. Ah, so you, this is the tank. <laughs> this is the one the way you've already tanked the entire season. Yeah, so. this is the one that I had the worst team going on a full rebuild. Gio Bernard is my RB1 in that league. Oh, he did it for you last night. A uh, decent performance from, from Gio. And the Bengals ended up carrying the ball 41 times in total compared to the, the Steelers' 23. 
Uh, Benny Snell on the other side of the ball, he had a he had a fair day, 18 carries, 84 yards, a touchdown, and then three receptions for 23 receiving yards as well. But that wide receiver group, like Juju Smith-Schuster, it's it's been heartbreaking watching him this season because the talent that he's got, and we 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 hark back to that season when he was playing opposite Antonio Brown, the season that he put up there to uh, with the fall from grace that we've got here. Is I was going to say is Juju Smith's Juicer's career salvageable, but obviously he's he's still extremely young contract year here. Do we see him in Pittsburgh next season? Is is the, the first question I'll ask. Mm, Do we see know. Big Ben there next year? I think Big Ben, yes, but Juju, I don't know. I I I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know what's happened there. Um, I don't know. I think we're going to mention him a bit further on down the line in this podcast. So uh, it's a bit of a spoiler alert. But yeah, all I know is that one or two, I had three opponents this week, I think it was in the end, uh, that had some mix of Juju and Eric Ebron or just Eric Ebron or just Juju. And I was ahead in those matchups by five, six, seven points. And I won them. <laughs> uh, Eric Ebron went out of the game very early, I believe. I uh, didn't, re- didn't record a catch. Um, and then, like you said, Juju, not, not a great week either. Um, weird. Benny Snell looked great. Deontay Johnson is a start every week. Deontay Johnson is the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh now. Juju, oh, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be back next year. Yeah, with Deontay Johnson, I've already seen the... Obviously, we've had Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, and I've already seen people tip Deontay Johnson to be that breakup player for next year. So an early tip for a, a player to be drafting, not in your first or second rounds, but one of those players that will be able to get and in the round soon after that, that is going to put up big numbers next year. Because like you say, Rob, he is looking good. But the Pittsburgh Steelers fall to 11 and three. And there is a scenario where they miss out on the playoffs, I believe. where they no, have- they've qualified. They have the uh, tiebreaker over the... Browns, I believe. Uh, not over the Browns, over the uh, Ravens. They've got the tiebreaker. They've eaten both times. Right. Okay. So they've definitely qualified, but they have the chance to be the seventh seed. And it's the it's the Browns need to win the division. That's what I think. What you're what you're getting at is the Browns and the Steelers, isn't it? But the Steelers have already made it, I think. Uh, but the Browns might not. Something like that. It's a bit weird. Well, is it the Ravens that could finish on eleven and five then and, and miss out? Is that correct? Yes, the Colts okay. could as well. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've we've got the potential in the AFC for teams to be finishing on eleven and five and not make the playoffs, which yeah, is something like that. Absolutely <laughs> wild. And yeah. then we look at the NFC East, where a team is going to get in with <laughs> with less than five hundred record. But f- hang on a minute. Let's uh, just completely off tangent and um, let's just just for a minute here. I was having a discussion with my best mate um, today with Marcus Dilly. And uh, we were talking about the NFC East. And do you know what? The Giants look much better this second half of the season. The Redskins, their defense, sorry, the Washington football team. Apologies. That's the first time I've done it this year. <laughs> Damn it. I got all the way to the week 16. Uh, the Washington football team, their defense looks incredible. They're going to be a good team next year. Dallas are probably going to have Dak back if they bring Dak back, which means Zeke's going to be good again. I think um, their offense, don't forget before Dak went out injured, their offense is one of the best in the league. The The Philadelphia Eagles are going to sort their crap out with, you know, with Hertz looking a million dollars at the moment. 
Uh, they'll probably bring in some. I reckon this is my hot take. Week 16, 2020, the NFC East is going to be the best division of football next year. That is a very hot take. And I, I, I get the logic, completely understand. Uh, I just think for all four franchises to mm. have that kind of turnaround is, is a bold one. I but- think the NFC East is going to be the AFC North of this year. Wow, stunned silence there. (laughs) (laughs) Unpopular opinion, don't at me. It's it's not unpopular. I mean, it's entirely possible, but uh, improbable is the word that I would use to describe it. So we we look at the rest of week 15 and we'll have a quick glance over the injuries. So Clyde Edwards-Hilaire left late in the fourth quarter and it didn't look good. He could not put any pressure on his leg when he was helped off the field. The x-rays have come back negative. However, we are now just awaiting the, the MRI and it looks more and more likely with the Chiefs in the position that they're in. With Le'Veon Bell backing him up, we are not going to see him next week. His fantasy season is done and it's one to watch out for because as soon as that happens, we're now at the stage of the season where in redraft leagues, you can cut him immediately as soon as we know that he's not playing this week because his roster, roster spot is too valuable at this point. Uh, Traycon Smith suffered a ankle injury. Uh, the NFC West tight end Gerald Everett suffered a concussion. Well, he was checked out for a concussion, but did return to the game. Uh, and Max Williams was ruled out of the, his game with a ankle injury. In Jacksonville, Colin Johnson suffered a hamstring injury, whilst James Robinson was ruled out late in the game with an ankle injury. That is a, another one for, for fantasy managers to be keeping an eye on heading into week 16. Obviously, James Robinson, the stellar fantasy well, and real-life season that he's had on that abysmal Jaguars de- uh, offence, uh, James Robinson is certainly one to watch out for. It could have just been precautionary, though. Cordell Patterson suffered a knee injury whilst DJ Dallas was carted off the field with a nasty looking leg injury. Not too much fantasy relevance there for DJ Dallas, but uh, still it affects things in the Seattle backfield. It will it will mean more, more time for, for Carson and Hyde. Raheem Moster, he has been ruled out for the season now. So he suffered a ankle injury and he caused, well, he didn't cause quite the Twitter storm last night, but um, he was subject to quite a bit of abuse from fantasy managers on Twitter. And he had a bit of a rant and a rave about that. And rightly so, because look, guys, Raheem Moster, this is his career. This is his livelihood. He wants to be on that field a lot more than you want to win your fantasy matchup. So for him to be, for him to get injured, that is not something that he can help. So please, please, please do not at a, a real life player with your fantasy concerns because they are feeling it a lot more than you, believe me. If you're going to at anyone at Josh Jacobs for what he did to you a couple of weeks ago with this whole Instagram, I'm not playing thing. Now that deserves a nap. Leave Raheem Mustard alone. You can't help being injured. And Rob's just poked up. What's, what's Rob, what's Rob gonna, got to chime in about? No, don't at Josh Jacobs. You know who did that? Who Do you know who did that? Come no, on. No. Matthew Berry. Matthew Berry did that, and Matthew Berry's a knob for doing that. Apologies, Matthew Berry, but you don't listen to this show. But you're a knob for doing that. I hate that. I absolutely hate it. I did it once. I did it once about seven years ago, six years ago, to CJ Anderson, because he did something that really peed me off. And then that was the last one and only time I've done it. Don't, don't at players. Don't at players. Even Matthew Berry, knob. <laughs> um, in the same game, uh, Nick Mullins suffered a elbow injury. And interestingly, the 49ers have just activated the 20-day, 21-day window for Jimmy Garoppolo to start practicing, which considering 
there is two weeks of the season left. The 49ers are out of the playoff race. That really does intrigue me. Uh, obviously, if if Mullen, well, Mullins is, is expected to have surgery now on his elbow, which means CJ Beathard will uh, be the likely starter next week. So the 49ers are going to have to make some roster moves because um, they're going to have to bring in another quarterback. But this move that they have, well, the Earlier in the week, they had said that Jimmy Garoppolo's season is done, but now they have activated him for that 21-day window. Adil, do you reckon we'll see uh, Jimmy G in, well, probably not week 16, but maybe week 17? Massive shake of the head. No, I think (laughs) they'll just, they'll trot out somebody just to be the backup uh, to Bethard. If the season is done, well, uh, as a 49ers fan yourself, I don't think um, there's going to be much... uh, hope for the rest of the season so I think it's just shut him down and look for next year yeah definitely and finally in the same game Michael Gallup exited early with a hip injury as well and he's he's not been too fantasy relevant this season but certainly one to watch out for because that could have an impact on players like CD Lamb who did look really good against the 49ers and Amari Cooper who didn't look so good so there is the injury roundup and we head into our MVPs of the week and Adil would you like to go first who was your MVP of week 15 fantasy semi-final? My MVP of the fantasy semi-final week is the man who was only in his second start of his career, Mr. Jalen Hurts. He was QB1 on the week. He was the top fantasy scorer of any player. 24 completions on 44 throws, 338 yards, three passing touchdowns, and then the added lovely bonus of 11 rushes for 63 yards and a rushing touchdown. Well done, young man, because you absolutely balled out. You tried your best to get the dub for your team, but didn't quite do so. Early doors for me, uh, Jalen Hurts next year being my top drafted QB, I think. He's looked very, very impressive. Super impressive this week. Again, um, I was on this this sort of stage with with Kyler Murray this time last year. And he, he'd done me well being my QB1. Um, and I'm, I'm very quickly getting on board with Jalen Hurts. He looks absolutely phenomenal, uh, putting up some fantastic fantasy numbers. So, yeah, great shout. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, he tried his absolute damned best for me in, in one fantasy semi-final. I was, uh, it was a two-week, two-legged one on uh, ESPN and I was chasing a, a, a heavy defeat from from the first leg. Got nearly, nearly there. He tried his best, but unfortunately didn't quite make the mark. But yeah, it looked really good. And obviously Sanders had a, a great week last week, so... He's, he's, he's given life to that Philadelphia Eagles offense. And I think this only goes to to give fire to your claim, Rob, about the, the NFC East being the, the best division next year. If, we, if we've got the likes of Dak, Hurts, whoever the, the Giants wind up with with next year, who Washington are going to trot out to squat back? I do not know. Have you seen, um, did you see Dwayne Haskins' apology for what, what he'd, he'd done recently? He's been a very naughty boy. Um <laughs> Going to a uh, a gentleman's club without a mask on, like honestly, Dwayne, we we've seen him make. Donzo, we, we saw him make rookie mistakes last year, like that time where he was supposed to be on the field, but he was too, he was too busy running around celebrating and stuff like that. You can let 
things like that go. It's just little rookie mistakes last year, but you've got to wind them out in year two, yep. especially at this stage of the season. And this guy is fighting for a job. It's, it's not like he's, he's comfortably got the job. He's a third string quarterback at the moment, and he's only got given another chance just by unfortunate injuries ahead of him. And then he goes and does something as stupid as that. Like, yep. I, I completely agree with you, Rob. I, I just don't think the organisation can can hold on to him now because I don't he, think he was... He's trustable. No, he's not. And he's not he's... a good quarterback either. No. <laughs> Bottom line, sorry, he's not done anything for me. Nah, done. XFL, two years' time. Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, <laughs> not good. So, uh, yeah, whoever Washington will be trotting out to join uh, Dak, Jalen Hurts, and, again, whoever the... Uh, I think the Giants will probably draft somebody, but that remains to be seen. Do you think so? Do you think they move on from Danny Dimes? Uh, it depends who's there. depends who's available, but... Um, I suppose uh, you know you know the college college team better than than better than me, Rob. But um, I, I yeah. suppose they're getting they're getting further and further away from that pick now. And if, if they do win the division and make the playoffs, they'll be picking uh, in there's, the there's, late teens. There's ten. There's tons of talent. Quarterback quarterback class this year is is, is stacked. But uh, I think it's more that they love Danny Dimes coming out of college, coming out of Duke, and they, obviously he was a lot of. I think gentle persuasion from the Mannings by all accounts to get him. So why go through all that trouble? And, you know, they, they took him super early. Um, I don't know. They reached a bit for him, in my opinion, but I think they, they the trouble they went through to get him. I don't know if they move on for him after just year two. I think they stick with him. And I, he needs more weapons. Let's be honest. You know, he needs Saquon back and he needs another receiver. I've seen so, A-Rob to the Giants. That's been, uh, I, I don't know if there's any weight behind that whatsoever, but it's um, wow. something I've seen, which... He's good. He's yeah. really so, good. so a few of the um, people that I follow on Twitter are quite big Giants fans, and they are consistently saying that they don't have a proper wide receiver one in the team. Sterling Shepard's not quite that guy, and neither is Darius Slayton. And if they bring in a person like Alan Robinson, then that will be incredible for their offensive production. And when yeah. you consider that Saquon's going to come back and tear apart the league again, and I think you'll get the best out of um, out of the uh, tight end. God, the name six Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Yeah. I think you'll get the best out of him as well. I mean, look when he had his best season. Who was there? OBJ. Who Evan Ingram has uh, just made the Pro Bowl. How <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> so is Josh Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. Um like how Josh Jacobs has got in over James Robinson and Engram's got in over Tonyan. I, I I just do not know. But um so I, I even, I, even these Giants fans were saying, huh? <laughs> I've got Evan Engram uh, signed framed jersey for sale at me at FF Brit Baller. Uh, anyone that wants it. Um uh, no, um yeah, baffling, but uh, the Pro Bowl is um, an event uh, which is for money. So you put players in that people know. Which isn't even happening this year. So we were voting for a Pro Bowl that is not happening. Yes, exactly. It's, it's, it is happening. It's not happening on Madden, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> I, have, I have no idea. But the one thing to really look out for is the All-Pro. When we see who's yeah, been voted for All-Pro yeah. yeah, yeah. team, then we know who's really been the best of their mm. positions. Yeah, I will. Um, I will eat my hat if Evan Engram is uh, is all pro this year. Sorry to Evan Engram. So Rob, who mm. is your MVP for Week Fifteen? 
I am going to go for a running back who has had three out of the four last games over 100 yards rushing. Um, he's averaging just over 6.9 yards per carry in those last four games. He's had five touchdowns in those last four games, and he is finishing the season with a bang. No less than 23 points over the last four weeks. And this week he went for 146 rushing yards off 32 carries, two touchdowns, 29.7 fantasy points for you. It's David Montgomery from the Chicago Bears. Take a bow, David Montgomery. He has looked absolutely phenomenal. Um, the opportunity has always been there for him. Uh, it took him a while to get going. He had a good week two, but he had sort of a slow week three, four, average week five, six, and then they were slow again. Uh, it took the bye. Ever since the bye, like I said, those last four games, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And I think this is the start of something beautiful between uh, David Montgomery and fantasy owners going forward over the next couple of years. Fantastic performance. Uh, Jacksonville uh, up this week. Another good week coming. It's gonna, he's going to continue rolling another 100 yards out. Why not? Rob, I would like to take this opportunity to apologise to you. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, David Montgomery headed into the season. I slated him. And you're like, no, mm, he was a rookie. Did. He was a rookie. Mm. He was a rookie. I said, no, yep. he will not have a good season. Yep. You said, oh, 3.7 yards of carry is not good enough, Rob, is what you said. Mid-season, mm. I gloated. Because yes, did. David Montgomery did not start mm. the season particularly well. I gloated. And, I believe uh, you even scoffed when I said he was a trade for target. <laughs> I did. And uh, <laughs> now I am eating my words. I have got proverbial egg on my face. And I will admit that David Montgomery has looked excellent these past few weeks. It took him it took his time. I mean, I'll be honest, you know, he was laboured that first season. 3.7 yards per carry is not the greatest. But he always had the opportunities by far the best running back in that offense, especially with um, Tariq Cohen out for, for the, this season. You know, there's no one else there. There's no depth behind him. He, he's the only guy. He had the, a great opportunity and it's good to see. Uh, I mean, it has helped that he's had Green Bay, Detroit, Houston and Minnesota over the last four weeks because they're all defenses that you can run on uh, and Jacksonville and Green Bay to finish the season. So <laughs> it has helped. The schedule has certainly helped. Um, but it's good to see that he's finally doing it. Confidence is key for, yeah. for running backs, and and he's going to carry this on to next year. I'm, I'm confident of that. But he's he's helped Mitchell Trubisky as well because Trubisky. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, I, I suppose the benching's helped him there. He's he's, he's come back. He's, he knows his job's not for mm -hmm. granted, and having that run game as well has certainly helped Mitchell Trubisky. And he, he's not going to be an elite quarterback ever, but um, he's certainly not looked too bad in the in the past few weeks there. So yeah, David Montgomery. I uh, apologise, Rob, and yes. <laughs> Apology well, accepted, David. Apology accepted. A well-earned MVP status for David Montgomery there. And we head into my MVP, and I am going to Leonard go... Fournette. No. Oh! <laughs> although, <laughs> although <laughs> I have written myself a bit of a segue for, for Leonard Fournette. <laughs> <So> <laughs> my MVP of the week is somebody from the same game, and it is Calvin Ridley. Wide receiver, one on the week, scoring a whopping 32.3 PPR points. And the thing I love most about Calvin Ridley is his ability to get the job done without Julio Jones there because he's he's been 
the the one B receiver in that offense for for a little while, and he, he's relied on Julio Jones stealing the coverage. But Julio Jones, he's been out for a couple of weeks now. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see him again this season, um, just because it's not worth it for the Falcons. Basically, so Calvin Ridley uh, needs to step up. And the guy had fourteen targets, ten receptions, hundred and sixty three yards, and a touchdown as well. And since the since the Falcons bye week, he's been he's been really really good. He's he's not posted less than. 14 PPR fantasy points. Uh, he had 26 points last week, 32 this. He's he's cooking at the moment. And I, I can't see that it's going to be any different for him next week uh, against KC, even though it's a, a tough matchup for him. But the Falcons are going to have to pass the football in in what could, could easily turn into a shootout. So Gage, Gage in the same game had a nice game, 10 targets, five receptions, 68 yards and a, and a touch. Uh, it's nice to see him form more of that that wide receiver two role there because I know we've tipped him to be well the wide receiver three in that offense ever since that first game of the season against Seattle where seemingly Ridley Gage and Jones were getting all the same amount of usage, but then some random wide receivers cropped up to to, to compete for that wide receiver three role. But Gage seems to have got a little bit of a stamp on it in the last couple of weeks. Okay, so while we're talking about the Falcons, I just want to regurgitate a fact from the full 10 yards live stream last night from Kieran. And that is that with this loss against the Tom Brady, that's significant, the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Falcons are 28 and 34 since losing that Super Bowl final. Wow, wow, wow. That is a stat and a half. So, yeah, uh, yeah. shout out to Kieran for that one because, uh, yeah, that is quite incredible. <laughs> and obviously very fitting that Tom Brady would be the one that handed the Falcons that 34th loss. But also in the same game on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now, Rob, you have alluded to it, I do want to share some love for my boy. It's Leonard Fournette. That CPR has worked. I am, <laughs> I am on my hill. <laughs> we've, uh, just, we've just heard the uh, the first heartbeat come up on the monitor. But fourteen carries, forty nine yards, two rushing touchdowns, and five targets, three receptions, sixteen yards. Leonard Fournette was the running back twelve on the week, scoring twenty one point five PPR points, and he could go again this week. If Ronald Jones is still suffering with the old the old COVID and a broken finger, which I wrote about in the the injury article on Saturday, um, it was a very bittersweet for this one because Rob, as you know, running backs missing games through broken fingers is I cannot comprehend it, but at the same time, it also gave Leonard Fournette a great chance to to come in and have a great fantasy week. So um, I don't expect to see Rojo again next week. So uh, Leonard Fournette. He's, he's still very much owned in, in fantasy leagues. I don't expect him to be on your waiver wire. But, um, yeah, start with confidence. I hope that he has a good game because I've got uh, I've got 20 English pound bet with a friend of mine that uh, Jarek McKinnon wouldn't finish in the top 40 in our league. And he's currently 36th and Leonard Fournette is 37th, Tony Pollard's 38th. So I'm hoping... With another good week for those two this week, that's that Jarrett McKinnon's going to start etching his way <laughs> down past 40 so I can get myself 20 of the Queen's finest. <laughs> um, slightly off topic here, but I can't take you too seriously at the moment, Rob, because it does look like your head's on fire. 
do, do you know what, right? So, Lee uh, said exactly the same thing yesterday on the Cottage Podcast. So, for those of you that aren't listening, I've got a little setup in my house at the moment. It's very Christmassy. Christmas trees in the background. My wife's done a very nice job decorating the living room. It's very Christmassy. And I've, you know, I found a channel on YouTube which is the log fire in the fireplace. <laughs> that looks so pretty and so i put that on just for a bit of for a bit of ambiance for a bit of you know to, to set the mood a little bit it's a relaxing mood it calms me down it makes me think clearly and all i get told is it looks like my head's on fire <laughs> like I turn you, off. you know you know what you are you're, you're that character from inside out the angry character where the, <laughs> yeah. the fire comes out of the head <laughs> yes yeah well we'll be talking busts in a minute so let's uh I was thinking more Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So it does to to those. Obviously, you, you can't see it and listen to the podcast, but uh, it does. My television is right above my head in the background, and I've got the flames from the fire. So it does indeed look like my head is on fire. I can assure you, it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, speaking of fire plays, let's go for uh, our honourable mentions for the week. So, uh, Dilly, who is your honourable mention? My honourable mention was probably the waiver wire pickup of the week. I picked him up off the waiver wire and he helped me get to that final, which I will be seeing Rob in. Is Mr. Tony Pollard. 12 rushes for 69 yards, two rushing touchdowns, and a whopping six receptions for 63 yards. He scored that glorious 40-yard touchdown run where he showed his impressive burst, the burst which... Mr. Zeke Elliott has not had. And I think he's in a really impressive player and he really impressed this week and RB2 on the week. Well done. Yeah, looked really good against a, a tough 49ers running defence. And like I say, that breakaway speed for the for the touchdown is something that we haven't seen from Zeke this season. People have been saying, oh, but Dak, oh, but the offensive line, but Pollard um, got the job done. Yeah, that the Slightly different impacts in the, the skill sets. Obviously, Pollard is um, is a returner when he's when he, he's not leading the way, and it wasn't a full complement of carries for him. But the Cowboys did run out big winners against my my San Francisco 49ers there. So, is it crazy to, to ask? Are we going to have a bit more of a an even split between the two next year in in Dallas? No, people forget. Like I said at the beginning of the show, the Dallas Cowboys were the best, one of the best offenses through week seven this year. That's because Dak was there and because Zeke was firing on the scissors. People forget Dak, Zeke Elliott was the RB3 across fancy formats between week one and week seven. He was good. He was very good. Just And as soon as Dak got injured, Zeke fell off a cliff and all of a sudden he's had a terrible year and all of a sudden he's a bust on the season. That You know, when they've got an offensive plan, which is centered around Dak and Zeke, if 50% of that goes missing, you know, the other 50% is going to struggle. So um, I am now officially a, a Zeke truther. Um, I think I think Tony Pollard is a fantastic running back. I think I'd like him coming through college. Um he was part of a Memphis team that are running, churning out running backs every year this year at the moment, it seems. Another one coming out this year who's, who's, a, who's a good watch. So, you know, he's got good pedigree and he's, he's got good talent. Zeke's still number one. Tony Pollard might get some more snaps next year. Snaps next year. But I think 
Zeke is still cemented to be a top fantasy running back, providing Dak Prescott is in a Cowboys uniform next year. Yeah, and I think Zeke, he's been battling injury as well, hasn't he? The um, the last few weeks as well, obviously. Yeah. It was the calf injury that, that did sideline him from the game um, in the week just gone. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to see a more rejuvenated Zeke and it'll be a good price. He will uh, undoubtedly drop a couple of rounds because of the, the uncertainties around him and stuff like that. Yep. So um, He might yeah. be a bargain next year. Yeah. Might nice. be a bargain. Okay, Rob, while you're on the mic, would you like to talk mm. to us mm. about your honorary mention? Uh, we're going to stick with running backs. Bit of a theme of uh, this this bit here. Uh, and I'm going to give an honorable mention to Salvan Ahmed, the running back from Miami, who has come out of absolutely nowhere. Can you Can you repeat that? Ahmed. Ahmed. Uh, I, sorry, Ahmed. This is one thing that I really, really find funny. Sorry, I'm going on a real tangent here. <laughs> My dad's middle name is Ahmed. So um, uh, I find it really amusing when they they put a K. There's no, yeah. there's, no, there's no K in his name. It's funny so you I, should say that because I was looking at it and I was thinking, oh, I've got to get the pronunciation right, which I've clearly not did. He thanks a lot. <laughs> um, but I remember the commentators, the, the Americans, I say, Salman Ahmed. So I kind of went down that route. But I, th- I think they've been listening to a little bit too much of Jeff Dunham and uh, <laughs> Ahmed, the dead terrorist, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, <laughs> okay. uh, so... Yeah, it's a, it's like a, it's like a ha 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 kind of. Uh, so, uh, my honourable mention is Salvan ha 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 <laughs> for the Dolphins, <laughs> um, and he's come out of nowhere, really. No relation to ha ha Clinton Dix. Um, yeah, he's come out of nowhere, really. Uh, he had three weeks in the middle of the year where he he had a good. Good showing, uh, but this week against the Patriots, 122 rush yards, one touchdown, uh, just a one reception for five yards. But absolutely fantastic play from this kid. And I honestly, that running back room is a mystery. Obviously, Miles Gaskin might be back this week, so we're not quite sure how that's going to end up. And I really don't know where it's going to go next year. In my mock draft that I did, one of my mock drafts that I've done so far this year, I've got them drafting a running back late in the uh, first round with one of their picks at the end there. But I don't know. I don't know if they they might have enough talent on that roster now already without having to dip into it in the offseason, but we'll see. So, yeah, honourable mention, Salvan Haha. Well done. How far removed does it feel from Jay Howe and Breeder season? I know, crazy, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I I bought into Jay Howe, Adam, everywhere. Uh, one of the first drops of the year for me. Um, didn't, didn't didn't you buy into him when he was on the Eagles team as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. That, that I think that might be the problem there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to buy into him next year. No, Jay Howe. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it is a, we've come a long way since then. Uh, Salvon Ahmed and Miles uh, hmm. Gaskin, seventh round draft at Miles Gaskin. <laughs> And we head into my honorary mention for the week, and that is Logan Thomas, the tight end in the Washington football team. Rob, the football team. And yeah, what in- is this? What is this? Attack Rob Day. <laughs> hey, I, I apologize to you before. <laughs> so, uh, tight end two on the week after scoring 23.1 PPR points. It had no touchdown in that, so it was 15 targets, 13 receptions, and 101 receiving yards. 
in the last nine games, he has he's had seven double-digit gains, uh, two of which have been over 20 points. And he's got another nice matchup in week 16 against the Carolina Panthers. We've already talked about the, the quarterback situation there in Washington. And I really don't know what they're going to do next week. It could be that they have to play doing Haskins because they don't have anything else. Whether they bring in anybody, whether um, Alex Smith is ready to go completely remains to be seen. But I think Logan Thomas is playing well enough at the moment that he's almost quarterback proof. Um, he's played the position himself. He was uh, quarterback in college, so he, he understands the position. So um, the, he's, he's even had a couple of uh, pass attempts himself this season. So he is, you don't really describe this too often at the, the tight end position, but he is a little bit of a, a utility belt, even though uh, well, I suppose Taysom Hill's listed was listed as a, as a tight end on ESPN leagues. But Logan Thomas will have the understanding of, of what the quarterback needs from him. So uh, he will be able to, to help him out there. But yeah, Logan Thomas, he's had a great season and I think he will be a fantastic option in next year. I think he'll make a push, a push for top five in uh, the fantasy position. Let's call a spade a spade. He's probably better than Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> he will be. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna, we're gonna have that whole. Um, oh, should people morally be playing the tight end at the, uh, the quarterback at the tight end position again? Aren't we? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even consider that that he might uh, might play. Oh. But he must be the next one up, surely. <laughs> yeah, I, I dread to think who the fourth fourth string tight end is there in uh, in Washington. But um, yeah, not great. So let's just quickly skim over some of the other top performers on the week. So uh, I've got my filters selected as weeks one to seven. Um, brilliant on, on Fantasy Pros. So uh, Adil, I hope you're a little bit more prepared for me. Who were some of the other top performers from, from the week? So other top performers, just looking at the quarterback room, Josh Allen, incredible performance on Saturday yeah. evening football. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Kyler Murray back in the 30 plus points, Lamar Jackson having another game. Yeah, it was the Jags, but having another game where he performed really well. Other players, um, Darren Waller, again, money, money. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook, Henry beasting again. Uh, and uh, Aaron Jones and Gio Bernard, as we talked about him earlier, he had a very good for fantasy 22.2 points and a half point PPR. That's just some names just off the top of my head. Yeah, a couple of touchdowns there for, for Melvin Gordon. Um, he's had a, a nice second half of the season. David Johnson, the best fantasy game that he's had for, for quite a while with uh, just shy of 25 fantasy points. Marvin Jones coming up trumps. He's uh, seemingly come out of nowhere as well with a big game there. Uh, obviously, Marcus Mariota, it was um, no one started him because of the circumstances we discussed on Friday's pod, but a big game from him. So, uh, yeah, but loads of leads of decent fantasy performances around. Brandon Ayuk, he is someone that I have been really hot on over the last few weeks. And he, he's missed a game through COVID, uh, injury here and there. But he's, 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 he's a target machine at the moment. He, he's getting targeted constantly in the last... Four out, five outings, he's had 10, 14, 9, 16, and 13 targets, which uh, he's, he's turned into to some nice fantasy numbers there. So he is somebody that I'm really hot on going into, into next season, all dependent on who the, the quarterback is going to be there in San Francisco. Dak Prescott. Just going back five minutes, Taylor Heineke is the next quarterback for the Washington football team. But here's some stat nuggets for you. 8,000. 
893 yards. Logan Thomas passing yards in college for Virginia Tech from his junior years through his senior years. Fantastic quarterback. 3,000 yards, 2,900 yards, 2,900 yards. And 19, 18, 52 touchdowns he threw over three years. He's a fantastic quarterback. He's better than Haskins. Stick him in. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, fantasy players would. That's a top school as well. Virginia Tech is ACC top school. <laughs> okay, let's flip the page and we will go over to the busts. So, Adil, start with you. Who was your biggest bust of the week? So, I've been a little bit greedy and I've got two. <gasps> so, the man who is the TikTok um, put the target on my back sensation, Mr. Juju Smith. Schuster. So, in last night's game, he managed three receptions and 15 yards before he got absolutely truck-sticked with his lovely infamous fumble, where he got sent into next week because everybody seems to want to hit him really hard for dancing on their logos. Now, he scored one point in fantasy, and we had a little bit of a chat earlier on about him. He has put a target on his back, even though he is supposedly having fun. Cornerbacks are one are going to hit him because he's an easy target. Yeah, he's uh, certainly opened his mouth and saw a funny meme on Twitter earlier where um, after his hit, he was just lying on the floor and somebody put someone poking him with a stick, saying, come on, come on, Juju, dance. No, so here's the, here's the fun fact. Juju Smith-Schuster has more TikToks, 95, than receiving yards in a single game, which is his best was 93. That's the stat. Yeah. And then my uh, second bust of the week, going with the wide receiver theme, is Mr. Amari Cooper. So I was expecting, like many other fantasy owners, expecting him to rack up double-digit points because he's managed to do that despite the quarterback situation in Dallas. And last week, he managed two receptions for 10 yards. And he had two rushes for minus seven yards. So 1.3 points in half-point PPR, which is territory. Not good indeed. Rob, how about yourself? Who was your bust of the week? Uh, I, I'm, I'm also going to dip my feet into the wide receiver uh, pool. Um, uh, my receiver is a bit better, but not much better. It's Cooper Cup. And do you know what? Cooper Cup, this is more of a season-long bust disappointment for me because I had Cooper Cup as my wide receiver four, I want to say, in 0.5 PPR preseason rankings for the season. Uh, not gone that way. Um and it's just been average all year. He's had a couple of good games, a couple of games over 20. But when when you're talking about a wide receiver, 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call him, uh, on a high-powered offense, when you're talking about a receiver that's had a lot of yards in the past, has flashed in the past, has looked really good in the past, and in, P- in 0.5 PPR scoring leagues, you're expecting... 15, 16, 17 points every week, which is that's fair. That's fair. That's probably what five receptions for 60 odd yards. He's got occasional touchdown here and there. Uh, a bit more than that, eight yards maybe. Well, he's only scored over 12 fancy points twice since week five. That's not good enough. 6.4 
fantasy points in point five scoring this week. Not good enough. 39 yards receiving, 33 the week before. Did have a touchdown, which saved his fantasy day a little bit. It's just not good enough for Cooper Cup, especially when you think it was the Jets. The Jets are a team that you can... Well, we all know what happened to the Rams this weekend. Um, it's Seattle next weekend. And again, Seattle are absolutely terrible against wide receivers. So normally you'd say, yeah, Cooper Cup, Robbie Woods, Bobby Woods, Bobby Trees, stick them in. But I don't know if you can, but not for Cooper Cup this week. It's, it's just, a, you're going to play him because of the matchup. But I'm not confident with it. I so don't bust. I do not think that is due to them. I think it's due to their extremely average quarterback. Yep. Yeah. One just... that they've put a lot of money into as well. But he's the one that Cooper Cup's meant to have a rapport with, best mates and all that. Yeah. You know, they're meant to have this rapport. Cooper Cup was this is I'm so disappointed with Cooper Cup all season. And this week I, I won my I thankfully won the two matchups that I started him in. Uh, I got saved by Calvin Ridley. Uh, the aforementioned, and D-Hop. They saved me at the wide receiver position because Cooper Cup was my other guy and 6.4 points is not going to... Doth butter, no parsnips, my man. <laughs> yeah. that. And like you said, I'm really struggling to to start him this week against the Seahawks, even though it is such a good matchup. <laughs> you got, you got to, but you can't, you can't be excited about it. I'm sorry. Well, hopefully Bobby Trees goes off on one because then I can beat you in the in our final this week. Yeah, whatever. You ain't winning nothing. Simmer down. <laughs> okay, and we head over to my bust. And I was going to say that kickers don't get enough love on this podcast, but uh, this is me calling a kicker a bust. So there's still not <laughs> oh. uh, And that is Jason Sanders, Miami's Low kicker, blow. who scored two fantasy points. He was the kick at 28 on the week. Both of those, of course, come in on extra points. And the reason that I'm so disappointed in this and the reason that I wanted to mention, since week nine, he has scored 14 points, 14 points, 10, 12, 14, 10. He has been so consistent in that 10 to 14 bracket to then drop a two. Uh, in the week just gone. And <laughs> the, the most heartbreaking thing about this is he missed a 50-yard field goal, which uh, could have put him up to seven, which would have made it a respectable fantasy week for him. And we wouldn't <laughs> be having this conversation now. But So Jason much disrespect. Was... So did much you, disrespect. Did you start him this week? I did. By any chance? <laughs> yes. in, in multiple places. And um, yes. <sighs> yeah. Oh, Jason Sanders bust of the week for me. I'm just angry. Yeah. Can't believe you're busting a kicker. So much disrespect. He's been money this year. Exactly. And that's why he's a bust on the week because. Uh... Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. And we head into the waiver section, and it is the last waivers of the year as we, uh, of course, yeah. head into week 16. So, yeah, now is the time. And the, the piece of advice that I, I put out on the, the Hype Train article earlier in the week. So there's, there's no point now carrying players on your roster that, that are not going to play for you. So we've got such staggered games this week. We've got Friday, uh, three games on Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday as well. So as soon as a player has started the game on Friday on your bench, cut them, pick somebody else up. Same on Saturday, as soon as they start. And just check your league settings. 
because some leagues will lock a player onto your bench as soon as that game starts. So if that is the case, drop the moments before the game kicks off in, in favour for another player because there is no point them sat on your bench. And the whole reason that you want to utilise the waiver wire this week is just for insurance getting towards the end of the week if an injury comes about. So yeah. Um, Got to be smart with the waivers this week. Um, and remember that you could be quoting some pretty big names off your roster if they're not making the starting lineup pretty early on in the week. So, Adele, who is your top waiver pickup for this week? We've already mentioned him, Mr. Tony Pollard. Okay, he's just ownership percentage 53% on the article that you posted yesterday. So, providing that Zeke is out another week, he could be absolutely money for your team and we've seen that here what he's capable of so with a roster like mine say for example who i had to pick him up and plug him in i have been carrying the weight of a joe mixon and still managed to get to the championship game so he could still be a guy where you've been relying on other positions to get your points during the the week and uh plug him in yeah, and the thing that, that annoys me about Pollard the most is you've you just mentioned there he is he is fifty three percent, but at this stage of the season, players should have been handcuffed weeks ago, um, heading towards the, the crucial time because all it takes, and I suppose Zeke wasn't really putting up the fantasy numbers in the in the last couple of weeks to to most warrants uh, being handcuffed, but Pollard with Zeke out has has got the opportunity to be a top fifteen, dare I say, it, top ten back, so. He, he should have been owned for, for quite a few weeks now and at 53%, although he is a little bit over the threshold that we normally work to, he's got a lot of potential for this week, like you say, Adele. And uh, if, if Zekow is out, which I highly suspect he could be, um, really nice play. Okay, so I am going to go for Donnell Mooney, the wide receiver there in Chicago. And he has been on my advanced ticket option on the Hype Train article for a few weeks now because... The Chicago playoff schedule was really, really nice for, for all the positions, really. Uh, Trubisky, as, we, as we've mentioned earlier in the show, is, is finding a little bit of form now. He's been helped by the running game. He's been helped by the fact that he did get benched for a little while. Uh, Robinson, of course, is the, is the wide receiver one in the offense. But we're getting to the stage now where it can support a, a wide receiver two, which Mooney is becoming the, the clear-cut wide receiver two there over Anthony Miller. He had a 49 yards and a touchdown last week against the, the Vikings. And he, he's got a, a nice plus matchup again this week. And I think we could see very similar, if not a little bit more, from, from Darnell Mooney there. So I think he's I think he's a bank for, for at least double digits, creeping up to 15 and beyond for him this week. Rob, who have you got? Uh, do you want me to just rattle off a few? Yeah, um, go for it. Baker Mayfield, quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, has looked absolutely fantastic a couple of the last few weeks. Um, he is against the New York Jets. They are 30th against quarterbacks. Um, should have another very nice week uh, coming off a 20-point week. So, yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield, if you're uh, quarterback streaming, if you've got this far, then he's the one to stream. Uh, he's available in well, over 65% of leagues. Salvon Ahmed uh, is, is available in 66% of leagues. Um, and he's got a very nice matchup against the Vegas Raiders. Um, they are currently third worst against fantasy running backs. Um, do check on Mars Gaskin, see what he's doing. If he's not back, then it's all systems go for, for Salvon. Um, uh, let's play some some music. Always Schultz, I guess. 
Dalton Schultz uh, is is available in three quarters of your leagues, um, and he's got a nice matchup against Philly uh, this week. Um, but yeah, there's there's three guys for you to to mull over for, for this week if you're heading into your fantasy championships. And we could very much be having some Dalton to Dalton action. Tasty. He got touchdown last week against the the 49. It's a tough matchup for him, so um, should be a, a nicer matchup for him this week. And for those of you streaming DSTs as well, Cleveland Browns, 43%, Philadelphia Eagles, 50%, Chargers at 39%, Texans at 23% are all nice options there as well. But of course, for a uh, fuller, more in-depth analysis of the waiver wire, head over to www.full10yards.com to check out the Hype Train Station, the season finale of the, uh, of the Hype Train Station, if you like. So that is it. Time to close out the show. So Adil, where can we find you on Twitter? I can be found at Dilly Toon, D-I-L-L-Y-T-O-O-N. And the less said about the tune right now, the better. <laughs> Sorry. Blow, that blow. was yeah, that, that was, was a low <laughs> that was a very low blow indeed. And I feared that we may be uh, needing to find somebody else to come on the show tomorrow night if uh, Adil hasn't forgiven me in time. <laughs> Rob, how about yourself? Um, you can find me on Twitter at FF Um, and once again, let me just have a quick plug for the college show. Um, you can find it wherever you're listening to this right now. You can also find the college show. Um, we are dropping two episodes a week at the moment. One is a, a recap, obviously, that we just had championship weekend, and over the next few weeks, it's gonna it's bowl season, so we're going into the bowl matchups. Um, but more importantly, on a Thursday. The most important episodes, uh, most important podcast you'll listen to this off season is kicking off. It's kicked off. We've had two weeks already. This will be the third one in the books. We're talking about tight ends this week. Uh, it's the scouting podcast. Please, please listen. I urge you to listen because this is all of your rookies next year for your Devi leagues and all of your rookies for your dynasty leagues. Um, you know, it starts now. This is where your research starts. And we're going through them all position by position. Like I said, this week is tight ends. Last week was linebackers. Week before was running backs. Go check them out. They are well worth it. Sorry, I'll just put a little caveat in there. The most important podcast you'll listen to until April, where, uh, of course, <laughs> the, uh, the fantasy guys take back over. So, <laughs> Of course, of course. <laughs> and myself, you can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. As Rob mentioned, we've got the college, but we've also got the uh, Sean and the gang, uh, the NFL coverage. Uh, we've got Adam on the betting side of things. Uh, we've got Lawrence, Mr. Retro there as well. So make sure you head over to full10yards.com for the full complement of everything that you need for your American football needs. Okay, thank you very much for listening. As I mentioned before in the show, we will get a podcast tomorrow because we are not recording on Christmas Day. So wherever you are listening, however you are playing fantasy this weekend, good luck and we hope you win your championships. See you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at F10Y Fantasy and over on our website, www.full10yards.com, where we cater to all of your American football needs from NFL General, Fantasy Football, College Football, and even Britball. Thanks for listening, and remember, folks, keep those eyes peeled. Oh, <laughs>